Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Ah, words are so important. Um, you know how I like physics? So I'm going to give you a bit of physics at the moment. <clears throat> Sound does not cease. Your words do not cease. That word that I said just then, the words that I'm speaking right now, they do not end. Just because they go into your ear and then you don't hear them anymore does not mean that those vibrations stop. They just keep slowing down and slowing down and they get further and further apart. So you may have had words spoken over your life that are good or even bad. They can have eternal repercussions. God even said, Jesus said about the word of God that it will remain forever because he understood by him all things were made and without him nothing was made. So he understood the power of words. Words are so important in our lives. And you might think, oh, it doesn't matter if I just say a harsh word to somebody. That doesn't matter. Or if I, or I swear at somebody in the car, that means nothing. No, those words go out. That's why the Word of God tells us, bless and do not curse. Bless. Let blessing be a part. So now, <laughs> yes, <laughs> there was a police car last night driving at like 70 kilometers an hour in a 100k zone. You know when they do that to you? And you're like, oh, I'm, I've got the girls in the car. I'm going, I'm going to overtake. And they're like, don't overtake, don't overtake. I'm going, like, I can do 100Ks and pass him and I'm not breaking the law. And they go, don't do it, don't do it. They're afraid. I wasn't, but I did what I was told. And then there was all these cars backing up behind me thinking that I'm the slow poke. Words are so important. You may have had some words spoken over you in the past. You have the authority to break those words off or to agree with those words, the good ones, and have them manifest in your life. I still remember when I got, I heard someone speaking about me when I was 13 years old and they said something really positive about me that I didn't know about me. And I just went, oh, and I grabbed hold of it and I made it an institution in my life. I made it something that I, made, I ensured that everybody knew. Not that I told them that. I just be that. I was that from that point on. I, made, I didn't know that someone was watching me. And the first time I got someone to write a reference out and they wrote all these incredible things about me that I didn't even realize, I then agreed with that and made sure that that was who I was. Words are so important. It was my, my wife's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, darling. And it was, and I wrote in a, I made up my own card. I, I tore off a piece of Chelsea's, one of Chelsea's journals. I didn't tell her. I, it had really nice paper in it. And I went, oh, that's all right. Out of the back page. Now she has to go looking through, which journal was it? Because she has a few. And um, I wrote, and I wrote in there, it was 40 years ago that this scared teenager rang up this beautiful girl who was way out of his league. And um, we were too young. But I asked her to begin a friendship with me. Didn't know what we were doing. And who knew that that scared little phone call, because um, my voice was breaking at the time, um, uh, Hi, I sound like the guy on Simpsons, you know, the pimple face guy. Uh, hi there. <laughs> and I asked her to begin a friendship with me 
and um, it was a few years later that she, um, yeah, quite a few years later that she married me, and then we had our first child, and on that, I, Chelsea was only young, and we, it became Mother's Day, which is next week, and I hadn't done anything for Chelsea for Mother's Day, and I'm like, but Chelsea can't really do anything because she was only a baby. So I madly went looking for something that I could do on the spot because I had to come up with something. And Robert Louis Stevenson wrote a, um, a poem called My Wife. Lusky, dusky, vivid, true, with eyes of gold and bramble dew, steel true and blade straight, the great artificer made my mate. Honour, anger, valour, fire, with a love that life could never tire. Death quench or evil stir, the mighty maker gave to her. <sighs> now I've got to remember the last line. <laughs> I've forgotten it. Robert Louis Stevenson, why did you use such big words? I didn't write it down because I, I, it goes over my head all the time. Um, give me a second. I love it. Death quench or evil stir, mighty maker gave it to her. Teacher, tender, thank you, Chelsea. Oh, you looked it up. Teacher, tender, comrade, wife, a fellow fairer, true through life, heart whole and soul free. Oh, gee. The august father gave to me. Thank you, Father, for my beautiful wife. Words are so important. We sang about how God held back the oceans. Just before the ocean, the Dead Sea was held back, um, Israel came to Moses and said, Pharaoh's coming with all the chariots. And they started grumbling and complaining. And the word grumbling in the Aramaic and Hebrew means accusations against God. And the accusation is, where is God in this? And they start saying to him, weren't there enough graves in Egypt? This is in Joshua 6. Weren't there enough graves in Egypt that we could have got buried there? We told you that it would be better for us to stay in Egypt serving them than it would be to come out into the desert. They lied. They were crying out, deliver us, deliver us. But their circumstances changed. Things got a bit tough for them. And they started accusing God, where is God in all this? And Moses said, don't be afraid. Because he knew they were speaking out of fear. They weren't speaking out of faith. They were speaking out of doubt and fear. You've got to laugh at humans. You've got to laugh at us sometimes because we, we change the narrative to suit our emotions sometimes. Now, our emotions and our feelings are valid, but they're not meant to control us. They are not meant to control us. We have a statement that we use in church a lot. They are good slaves, but they're terrible masters. Feelings are good slaves that, that we use them because, you know, if you get a feeling about something, you, you, you need to actually honor that feeling. If you're feeling sad, that's, that's there for a reason. If you're feeling happy, that's there for a reason. But it's not meant to control you that everything's bad just because you've, you're feeling sad at the moment because that's how we go. We believe that narrative that when things are down and things are going bad, oh, then everything's bad. 
No, 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 no. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's in Hebrews. Look it up. It's a really good scripture. And read it in the Amplified because it's even better. Um, so then Joshua goes, so he, sorry, Moses says, shut up, stop talking like that, and holds out his staff. The ocean gets pushed back. Wouldn't that just blow your mind? I, I can't conceive what that even looks like, to have water pushed back by wind and dry land for them to walk through on. Not only that, but when they went through the Jordan, when it was in flood, 40 years later, I brought that up because 40 years ago, I rang up my wife going, <laughs> um, 40 years later, they crossed the Jordan into the promised land. And God said to, to Joshua at the time, you're going into a new realm. You haven't been here before because you've been through this desert a lot. You know the desert really well, but you're going into a new land. I need you speaking differently. I need you looking differently. And I need you to be in tune with what I'm going to do. There's so much in that, but I don't want to get distracted by just the point of words about the words that we speak. So then they um, come to Jericho. We know the story about Jericho, don't we? Like most people know the story of Jericho. Even people that don't know the Bible know about Jericho and how the walls of Jericho fell down. So God told Joshua, this is what I need you to do. I need you to get the, the, the warriors out. I need you to get the, the musicians out. And I need you to get the, um, the priests out with their trumpets. And I need you to get the rear guard. Now, the rear guard's really interesting because they went along making sure everyone was dead and cleaning up the bodies and stealing the swords and doing all that at the end. So they were getting ready for battle and God got them to march around Jericho, blowing the trumpets and he told them to do that and he said, I want you to do this for seven days, which was really interesting because what are we not meant to do on the seventh day? Rest. But on the seventh day, they marched around seven times and then they were going to, God says, and then the seventh time you march around, blow the trumpets, and then I'm going to make the walls fall when you give a shout to me. Jesus prophesied um, about the book of Isaiah, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, recovery of the sight to the blind, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release captives, to set prisoners free, and to declare, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the jubilee of the year, the jubilee of the Lord, which is debts freed, people set free. This year, God has told us that this is a year of declaration of debts being set free. And you might think, oh, finally, my credit card's going to get wiped out. Now, it might not be that kind of debt. It may be. Who, who wants a debt like that? Or your mortgage gone. Hallelujah. Yeah. Preach it, Stephen. Preach it. <laughs> a new car or whatever it is, you know. But God deals deeper than just superficial stuff like that. It's amazing that when you've got everything in the world, how much family means to you. I, I saw a thing with Elon Musk. Now, Elon Musk is one of the wealthiest men in the world. 
Um, I heard a statistic the other day that if you were one of the um, men working or women working, mainly men, on the Great Pyramid and you were earning $10,000 a day, if you lived until today, you still wouldn't have as much money as Elon Musk. Cannot fathom that one. That's a lot of money. He's more than, you know, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I went off track there. I apologize. I don't do that very often. Um, what was I talking about before that? So Joshua. Freedom, yeah. So Joshua listened to what God told him to do. But then he added something else because he knew what could happen if he got these humans walking around uh, this mighty place that had never been defeated. And it had some armaments that no, one, no other city had. It, it was very special the way that they built the walls <laughs> so that when they fell, they filled in the ravine, they filled in the moat that was around it so that they could walk straight in. God. It's so amazing. Archaeologically, look it up. I don't have time to touch on it today, but yeah. Does anyone ever go and look up these things after I talk about them? Good, because I have to. When somebody talks about something that I don't know about, I have to go and find out what they're talking about. So he said, I don't want you uttering a sound. I don't want you speaking because they would start grumbling. Oh, my feet are hurting. Oh, Where is God in this? It's so hot. We're just walking around and that we've got the rear garden, we've got the front garden, we've got the priest blowing those trumpets all the time. What's going on? Where is God in this? Like the Israelites, you've got to look at them and laugh. We're not like that, are we? You know, we, we're never like that. You know, God, where are you in the economy? We never ask that. You know, what's going on? God, where are you in pandemics? You know, where is God in this pandemic? Where is God with vaccines? Where is God? Too soon? <laughs> we all do it. Where is God in this situation? Where is God in this illness? Where is God in this infirmity? Where is God in this breakdown of relationship? And God is saying, I'm right here and I want to help you. I want to. But the funny thing is that right before he told Joshua to do this, he said in Joshua 6, See, I have delivered Jericho to you. Had he delivered Jericho to Joshua at that point? No. But the word see means get a vision. <laughs> I heard that. Get a vision and make it yours. S convince yourself that this is a real vision. And it's not like convince yourself that it's, you know, oh, trying to get a false thing. No, God told him, Jericho is yours, so now own it. Make sure that you keep repeating it. God's going to do it. God's delivered Jericho into our hands. This is it. Has he said he's a healer? Is he our healer? He is. Then he can heal. Is he our provider? Then he can provide. Is he our peace? then he, you can have peace in your situations. But the thing is, we say, where is God in all this? Get a, we need to get a new vision here. We need to see the deliverance. And on the banks of the Red Sea, God told Moses, stand and you will see the deliverance. 
and the, and the Egyptians you see today, you will never see them again. People have gone diving in the Red Sea and I've heard it, you know, that there are chariot things down there. I've seen images of them with, um, you know, chariot wheels, bronze chariot wheels. I don't know if it's real or not, but it's a good story. Like I've seen pictures of it and all that, but it doesn't, I don't need to see the pictures. It's in the Word of God. That gives me the sea. I've been convinced that that's true and I, I, nothing will ever take that away from me. There are people that are believing to get pregnant. Can God do that? Yeah, he can cause immaculate conception. The main thing is through it all for us to know him. It, it may be that, you know, you might not see your finances fulfilled, but will you get to know him through that? I thank God for my back injury that I got back in 1990. You might think that that's a stupid thing. I've had so many surgeries, so many things done to me. I used to go to Adelaide once a month and they did glucose injections into my spine, which was horrible to have done. And just in an attempt to, to alleviate pain and to, to fix it. But God changed me through this and I got to know him through this infirmity, this infliction in my body. And I wouldn't be the person I am today with the faith that I have today if I hadn't journeyed through that. Now, I could have, I could have hardened my heart and just God said, God... You, you haven't done this for me, so therefore, huh, I'm not going to do anything for you. I'm not going to, I don't even want to know you. Some of us get like that sometimes. But I want to tell you, no, grab hold of the Word of God again. Start proclaiming it over your life. And whatever you've had spoken over your life, whatever you've had, you might have got a diagnosis, you might have got a prognosis, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because the Word of God can, can release a knowledge and an understanding into your life that bypasses everything else. We've got a couple of people, I'm going to get them up now to share. Brett, do you want to go first because you're closer? He's like, oh, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> Brett didn't even tell anybody about this. I found out about it because his daughter walked up and proclaimed something over his life. And I went, oh, there's something going on here. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm hopeless. And he started early in the preaching this morning. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm crying. <laughs> so, it's just about two years ago now. Um, I was coming home for lunch and felt... Uh, quite some pains in my chest and I said oh yeah whatever whatever if you know me I'm a bit a bit of a whatever you know just keep going God's God's got it anyway that's it's always been my thinking with God with our relationship you know if I get God's got it God's got it so anyway I got home I just thought oh I better talk Kathy she's like get down to that hospital now and so I went oh great so it so keeping in mind that COVID was fairly early on and we we'd done stuff I made the mistake going to the hospital saying I've got shortness of breath. <laughs> they off went to a room that was sealed off and every time someone come in, they were in the full. <laughs> I got a photo of Kathy when she was allowed to visit me for one hour one day, all done up. Anyway, but another story. But so, so I shouldn't have said I was shortness of breath. I probably would have been right. 16 COVID tests later. And that was the ones right up the nose. <laughs> anyway, so I was in hospital and they started doing tests. They really couldn't find things, so... I was in there for probably a couple of days and got out and went, phew. They, didn't, well, they weren't wanting to release me because of the COVID thing. And the, Anyway, so then I went and did a whole heap of tests. And, of course, 
everything was zoom, 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 zoom. And uh, so when you're talking to the heart guy, what are, what are they? I'm, I'm the opposite of Stephen. I do not remember all these big words. <laughs> so all my words are small. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so cardiologists had to be on Zoom and you're there waiting for him to come off another one and come onto yours. And it was really quite difficult to talk. So, well, I mean, I know the technology is there and now they can do robot surgery from across the world and, and stuff like that. But it's, so, so they did all the tests, did all the, everything you can think of on me. Um, and I hadn't had a doctor either by then. I've got to get this done quickly. So, and, um, so I ended up getting a doctor, going through all the tests that they got, the, the thing, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, yep, yep, okay. You know, I, I, I'm probably the worst at telling someone what's wrong because when I went to the doctor and went to the nurse and they said, what do you got? You know, the full scat page later of everything that's wrong with my body. <laughs> you know, this shoulder, that arm, that leg, that, you know, my, I got the opposite. If we could share blood, I got far too much iron and Stephen's got not, not enough. So they actually have to take blood from me to get rid of the iron out of my body. But um, so it was quite funny. So the chest stuff. So my heart, what, they, what the cardiologist said, and, and I'm only going with, by the, the layman's term because that's all I can remember, he, he called it a stiff heart. So then you, you, know, you sort of then go to Dr. Google and you go, oh, stiff heart, oh, is this bad for you? Oh, yeah. 13 months to live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you sort of go, okay, so this is bad. So um, in the, there's no uh, correction for a stiff heart, just slow it down and fix it up because it's all to do with a little bit of the – I had a little tiny bit of the heart, so it wasn't the extreme end, So it wasn't, but it was, it's bad enough that you've got to get it fixed. The only other way to get rid of it is put a new heart in. Um, so they did all the tests. I've got leaky valves. So I've got – so high blood pressures, I had to get the high blood pressure under control. I had my heart races to 120, 130 and then drops back down. So I'm on a pill to just keep my heart rate right and drool to, all to stop the stiff heart bit from um, expanding and, and, and stopping. So I went through all these, all these meetings with the, the, what do you call it, appointments with the doctor, blah, 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 get it all right, get it all right. But that was the underlying thing to get everything else right. So that was the thing. So anyway, and me, I sort of let it go. And I, I'm on pills now. My heart rate's right. And my blood pressure's right. I'm fine. I don't need to see the doctor again and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so we're still going to the doctor for other things. Um, and she said, right, it's time to do all the tests again. But right from the beginning, I didn't tell anybody. I, I thought, no, nah, I'm not telling anybody. Kathy goes, oh, let's tell our home group leaders. You know, so, so we told them and family. And that's about it. I didn't want to know. Uh, to me, I... It's not being, um, I don't even know what the word is, it's not being saying there's not a problem. I just always knew, and even when I told Ashley and Janine, saying, I always know that God's in control and God will heal it. Even though I've got to go through all this stuff with the doctor to get my blood pressure done, I know that God will heal it. Anyway, long story short, it's probably not that short, but <laughs> um, so I've gone to the, the, uh, the cardiologist again. He's done a whole heap of first tests and stuff and checked it out and blah, blah, blah. And we sat down. And so I said, um, I thought he would have had some of the information. I don't know what goes between faces and stuff. But I said, what about the stiff heart part, the, the bit that, that, you know, that what started all this off? And he goes, what stiff heart part? <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, 
it's not, it doesn't mean that there's still leaky valves. I had to go and ward chest and I've got, you know, blah, blah, blah. But at least that part, he just goes, no, there's, there's no sign at all of that. So, thanks, thanks, thanks. Isn't it awesome that in God's Word, He says, I'll take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And that was one of the things that we, when, because Kim came up and sat on Brett's lap at one point and said, good heart. You know, and I'm, that's when I realized, oh, something's going on here. I didn't know about it. So we just started praying, good heart, strong heart, heart of flesh, good heart. And we didn't even know what was wrong. It was a little while later. I knew about the hemochromatosis, though. Thank you, Lord, for the hemochromatosis being repaired in Jesus' name and the leaky valves. No leaky valves in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Where's my father? Here's my father. Oh, he's going to take his time. (laughs) Look at him wandering up here. I love this man. He encourages me so much. If you need a word of encouragement, come up to this guy and say, can you just encourage me? Has God given you something for me? Because God will. He already has. Hey, isn't it good to be in church today? Yeah. You're right. You're right. I was reflecting, sitting back there, I was thinking when I was a young lad, they, dad and mum used to have to drag me to church and I was so boring, you wouldn't believe it. And Then I got saved and a Canadian fellow came to our church and we had a Wentworth, a Canadian fellow come and he explained for the first time in my life what it is to be changed and saved and born again. And, and I can't wait to get to church every day. It's the highlight of my life. And uh, I believe the strength in it because each, the Bible says the body, church is like a body and each member supplies the need one for the other, you know. And uh, I don't come to church to get something but to give something and that's one of the big keys and you'll end up getting something anyway. That's life. Quite a few years ago I went to a doctor just for something else I can't remember it was and they did some tests on me and gave me a very serious prognosis and uh, so I got on the train that's what I call it you get on the train and once you start your CT scans and your tests and you're down in Melbourne and you're back again and, and I went into the clinic again another time and I looked around and everybody looked like they're half alive and I thought am I like that too I walked out of there I've never been back and I, I just said to God I'm going to put myself in your hands because I just felt I was and I didn't talk about it. That was like, I, I appreciate what Brent said before. I didn't talk to anybody about it. I just said to my kids, it's a bit of a problem, but it's going to go. And that was on how many years ago now. I've got no symptoms about of it. It 20, wasn't it? I, don't know, I yeah. can't remember. But, but I don't really want to talk about it this morning because I promised God I wouldn't talk about it. Because, you know, tongues are a very powerful thing, isn't it? Whether we can bless things and we can curse things and... And, and life and death are in the power of the tongue. And not everybody's called to that. Some people have got to deal with things in other ways. But I just felt God say to me, don't talk about what it is. And, uh, and I'm, I'm feeling really well and enjoying it. I'm 81 years of age this year. I'm ex- excited about it. And, and we come at the end. But I just want to tell a story that when I was young, we were, <laughs> when we were young and Stephen was only about four, I think, three, we went to Swan Hill for a holiday. And I borrowed Dad's old caravan and it was one of those old shaped ones like that made out of wood and we didn't realise it leaked everywhere. He just bought it and we got down there and this fellow down there had come to some of our meetings up here and, he, and I'd never spoke of just came to the meeting and he said, uh, will you hold some meetings down here? And every part of my being said, no, 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 no. Every 
thought every... And out of my mouth came, yes. <laughs> I still can't believe how it all worked out. But so we started to hold some meetings and we hired a hall in the back of a... Uh, a little room in the back of a hall. It was a little cry room type thing, a little uh, supper room. And I'll never forget, we just invited a few people along and this fellow came one day, I don't know how he came, whether he just walked off the street because it was one of the main streets here. And he just walked in and sat down and I was... Remember, I was, don't know, I remember what I was preaching on. And I'd never preached before. And so when he said, hold a few meetings, I... I really freaked out in a lot of areas. That wasn't for me. That was someone more, you know, more talents. Anyway, this fellow walked in and, and, and I, I was talking on the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And he came to show us how to do the works of Jesus and to, to heal the sick and etc. And I was talking about this power in believing in the Holy Spirit. And this fellow was, there's only a few of us in the room, was getting so agitated. And back in those days, it wasn't uncommon to see demons scream out and manifestations we don't see it so much now. It's got more sophisticated and psychiatrists analyse it and all the rest of it. But back in those days, it was happening nearly every week. <laughs> Honestly, it was, a, it was a weird time back in the 70s and 80s. But, but I've never forgotten. I thought, this fellow's going to manifest something. He's, he's getting agitated and, and he's looking around. And so as soon as the meeting finished, I ducked down to see him and I said, look, how are you going? You know, I haven't seen you here before. He said, you won't believe it, but I've been deaf in this year all my life when I was born he said there's a clock up on the mantelpiece which is one of those rooms or clocks or everything and he said it started ticking like a big drum noise in my ear and he was astounded he wasn't a Christian or anything and uh, he was just he, he was dumbfounded it was nothing to do with me but that's what the power of the Holy Spirit can do when we start talking about him you know that's why we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit don't we yeah <laughs> believe in speaking in tongues yeah, all those things fantastic so he went away that week and he said, I'm going back to tell my doctor. So he went back and told his doctor and uh, his doctor said, oh, he gets a light in there and a probe in there and he says, oh, I think it's a bit of wax has come over here and then pop, he lost his hearing. And I thought, well, that sounds logical. But it wasn't logical that on the very day that we're preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit, that very hour, that he got healed. That, that doesn't sound logical, does it? And yet we, we think, oh, that's probably happened, that bit of wax was sitting over there. Why did it happen at that moment, you know? So I prayed with him again. I can't remember the outcome. I think he got healed again. He got, got excited and off he went. And I thought, how wonderful is to be able to draw on the healing power of God in our life, you know? I reckon it would have changed that man's life because he wasn't expecting it. And many of the people in the Bible, they weren't expecting when Jesus walked by and the disciples walked by and even their shadow healed people. Amazing, isn't it? And we're coming to those... I, I come to church now expecting... We might hear a demon cry out because in Jesus' day, he spoke a lot about demonic forces and people. It's not about the demons, it's about people getting set free from oppression in their life, isn't it? And uh, I don't know about you, Dave, if you're troubled in your mind or trouble in some part of your life and you're, you're fighting it, you know, let Jesus heal you from it and set you free. So, anyway, that's enough. See you. <laughs> Thank you. I need to correct something I said before. I don't thank God for my back injury. I thank God for what he's done in my life since the back injury. So, um, but it, it's interesting that when we get something negative spoken over us, that we can immediately make that our identity and we can partner with that. We aren't called to partner with things on this planet because we are no longer of this planet. We are aliens to this planet. We don't have to be, like, we are concerned because there are people 
on this planet. We are concerned about this planet. We are meant to bring heaven to earth. We're meant to show this planet what heaven is really like. We're meant to be the best stewards of ourselves, of our property, of our finances, that it displays the goodness of God in everything we do. Number one, our mouths. What we speak out is so important. Um, in Proverbs 18, 20 to 21, it says a man's stomach, and what that actually means, that his source of life, everything about him, will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. He will be satisfied with the consequence of his words. Do you know that you can speak things into being? Straight after that, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Now, that's pretty powerful. Those who indulge it. So you can either indulge the negativity. You can indulge the, the lack in your life. Or you can look at what God, and has God got any lack in his life? Is there anything that God cannot do? No. No. I think it was a prayer meeting this week, Dad asked the question, you know, there was that, that old thing, you know, can God make something too heavy that he cannot lift? Only you know, Lord. In Ezekiel, um, God takes him out and shows him a valley of, of dry bones. And he says, can these bones live? Talking about dead things in our life. Can these bones live? Now, to you and I, we would say, heck no. <laughs> Is this a trick question? They can't live. But he says, only you know, Lord. So what does God do? Does God just say, live? And they, no, he says, you prophesy to them. So you might have in your life some dead areas, or you might have something that you're, you're hoping for, and there's... Hope is an eternal thing. Hope is a powerful thing. I remember watching Shawshank Redemption once and, and um, Morgan Freeman said, don't have hope. Hope's a dangerous thing in a prison. No, hope. Rekindle hope. Let it be rekindled. Let the bonfires of other people's lives rekindle the hope in your life. Why did I use bonfire? In Lord of the Rings, the second movie, they, they light the beacon fires and, and Gandalf comes out and he goes, you know, hope is rekindled. Let the fire that is in other people's life rekindle it. Don't let the lack in their life, don't let the, oh, well, it never happened to me. Oh, these people have got it and those people have got it. But where is God in this? No, don't be a grumbler. Don't be a complainer. Don't have accusations against God. Partner with Him. Find out what His way of doing things, because He has shown us, oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of us. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. And all those things, we need to speak out good things. We can speak things into being. Where is God in China at the moment? Do you know what? The church in China is, is just exploding. Where is God in Russia and the Ukraine at the moment? Do you know what? There are so many prayers coming out of China, sorry, out of Russia and the Ukraine at the moment. The church is exploding at the moment. And you might go, but where is God in all this? It's war. 
Didn't Jesus say in the end times there will be wars and rumours of wars and nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom? There will be natural catastrophes. There will be pandemics and plagues. And I tell you these things so that your peace shall remain. Your peace shall remain. But we get, oh, no, no, we've got to, oh, no, no, no. Shut your mouth. Walk around the city. Walk around the city. Don't complain. Don't grumble. Don't, because it's too easy. You've got to laugh at humans. We, we just get fascinated by things that are negative. I heard a statement during the, Ian Simpkins, write that down. He, he's, a, he's on Instagram. He just writes quotes and they're just so profound. And now that I'm telling you this, I'm forgetting the quote that I'm about to say to you. Um, I have to. Robert Louis Stevenson and Ian Simpkins. <laughs> I'll get it back. Kylie had a brilliant message last week. If you missed it, please get on the podcast and um, listen to it. I've grabbed th- some comments from her message last week. Don't be deceived. Don't be dismayed. Don't be distracted. Don't be disheartened. What is our Father doing in this season? The church is never called to conform to the, to the earthly culture. The church is called to transform earthly culture. We are called to transform. I remember when I was doing um, business conferences and things like that with my work, and one of the guys quoted and he said, leaders are atmosphere generators transformers we get to sorry leaders are atmosphere engineers that's it we get to engineer so men we are called leaders of our household we are called leaders of the family is that because we're in control no we're the point man we're the guy that goes out in front we we are walking through a minefield we are walking through a war zone with our family, making sure that they're not going to step on anything, that there's no snipers out there, there's no booby traps. We're the one that goes in front to make sure that we're protecting it. But not only that, in our household, we set the atmosphere, which means we need to be aligned with God. We can't be complainers. And where is God in all this? We need to say, no, God is in this. We need to change the atmospheres in our home and start speaking the words of Jesus. In this world, we are as Jesus. It's uh, the Word of God tells us. I, haven't, I can't remember where that Scripture is. Is it in Romans? No. I can't remember where it is, but it's in the Bible. I love it when I can quote Scripture. I just wish I could give you the reference as well. In the NIV from Proverbs 18, it says, From the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things, but the unfaithful have an appetite for violence. Well, they rage against things, rage against the machine, rage against the police car that's going too slow in front of them. But those who guard their lips preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. In Proverbs 18.7, it says, a fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul that's not what we're meant to do we're not meant to entrap our souls we're not our souls are meant to be free in Jesus but by the very words that we speak we can limit contain our souls 
to a point that our response to something bad, our response to something negative is amen, amen. When that's not what we're meant to be saying amen to. Jesus, when he said truly, truly, this is an eternal truth that I'm giving to you. I said this a couple of, oh, last week was, no, two weeks ago. He was actually saying the word amen, amen. It was an agreement with heaven saying this is an eternal truth from heaven and he would then speak it out. Now, when it's said before a statement, that is like something that we want to agree with. This is something powerful and true. Jesus said it so many times. In the King James, he said, verily, verily. In the, in the NIV, he says, truly, truly. In the Passion Translation, he said, this is an eternal truth. I love how it brings out different aspects of it. But when we say it at the end of a statement, it is, I agree with that. I want to grab hold of that. I partner with that. Make it so. Be careful what you say, make it so too. Be careful what you agree with. At the moment, interest rates are going to go up. So they say. At the moment, we're in recession. So they say. Where is God in all this? Don't have that attitude. God is in charge. I remember we bought our first house when we got a good interest rate at 16.7%. We got a bargain. (laughs) And you go, what happens if, if interest rates increase by 1%? It means that the average you know, mortgage repayment's going to go through the roof and oh no, oh no, where is God in all this? Do you know what? Even at 18%, people were still buying and selling homes. With the frog in the, in the kettle, we adjust to things and we get used to it. Don't think that the future is out of God's control. It is very much in control. He is ordering and appointing your steps right now. But if you get distracted and start listening to somebody else's confused little interpretations about what's happening in the world, you will get distracted, disheartened, dismayed. What was the other one, Kylie? Deceived. Discouraged. Another dis. Let's dis the disses. Diss it. (laughs) The church is never called to conform to earthly culture. The church is called to transform earthly culture. I'm praying for the Ukraine at the moment that the church rises up in there. And even through all this conflict, even through all this death, you'd say, how can God have His way? He does. How can God have His way? How can God? He does and He will. Regardless of whether you agree with Him or not, God is going to have His way. But I want to say partner with Him because then you're, you're, you get to see and eat of it. You're not, don't be a fool. Oh, gee. When I read Proverbs, I realized, gee, Stephen, you've been really foolish in a lot of things in your life. My objective is now to do the opposite of what a fool does. I don't know if that's wise, but at least it's not being foolish. Where is God in this? God is all around. The earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. You might go, where? (laughs) Please believe me. Look at the bonfire of other people's lives and let hope be rekindled. The glory of the Lord fills the earth. It fills the earth. Where If you get your eyes open to it, then you'll see. Oh, that's what I was going to say before. Finally come to me. 
I'm a little bit slow. Elon Musk, one of the richest men, he did a post the other day about family. And he said, I decided to have children. They didn't decide to be born. I owe them everything. They owe me nothing. And there was a photo of him laying on the ground with all his kids stacked on top of him, just having a stacks on the mill, just jumping on dad, having stacks on the mill. Now, you might not agree with Elon Musk. It doesn't matter. But that is a truth that as a father, you lay down your life for your family. As a father, he laid down his life through his son for each one of us. For what? So that we can stand around and say, I'm not getting what I want. Where is God in all this? No, sometimes we don't get what I want, what we want, but He gives us what we, whoa, you guys are on the money. And if you didn't know the answer to it, now you do. (laughs) He gives us what we need. Something very interesting about the, um, what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's not really, it's, His um, pattern for us to pray. It's man's prayer. Our Father who is in heaven. And it's not that we have to use that as a statement of the only way to pray. It is a formula. But do you know what happens? It's a formula for how we pray. Honouring God that He is above all things. Not that He's up in heaven so far away. Do you know words are eternal and they keep going around, but they need things to bounce off. They, ne- they can't exist in space, which makes me realize heaven isn't on the other side of space, out of space. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven has come near you. The kingdom of heaven is near. And when Jesus was hidden from their sight, it wasn't that he went into outer space. It was the cloud, a cloud took them from, it was a hierarchical movement of him going up. It wasn't just a physical movement that he disappeared up into the sky. We don't fully comprehend what is there. But when He comes back, He will come back in the same way that He left. He will appear and everyone will see Him. I don't get that, but He can do whatever He wants. It's fine with me. I love it when I don't understand what He's doing because that's fine. Because I don't know everything. But I want Him to have His way. That's why the end of that statement is, have your way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. But when, we, when it asks, give us this day our daily bread, the tense there is really important. What it's actually saying is, give us today tomorrow's bread. You're prophesying into tomorrow today. You can prophesy into your tomorrow today. Lord, give me today tomorrow's bread because those As the Word says, a man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. The words that we speak out have um, weight to them. They have gravity to them. They have authority to them. So that when we speak them out, and you might say, that's never going to happen. Well, it just might. And it might be that it needs to happen like that so that you can see another aspect of God. I would never have wanted to have a fall at work that, you know, wrecked my back for so many years. But I'm so glad that God can make all things work together for good for those who love Him and are called. Are you called? Yes, you are. You are called. You are appointed. 
You are anointed through Jesus Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And you might say, but I sin. I sin. But you know what? We sin all the time. But let's not be sin focused. Let's be right. It doesn't say seek first the kingdom of God and not sinning. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Can any of us be righteous on our own? No, we have to do it through Jesus and we have to accept it by faith, which means we have to proclaim it over our lives, which means that we have to outwork it and be that righteousness of Christ. So that when we get reminded of, hey, this isn't God's best plan for my life, then we stop it. The fruit of that will lead to death, but the fruit of the Spirit leads to life leads to life. I've got flashing lights up there because we've gone over time. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you. That's the one that I said earlier on. Jesse, you're a genius. Sin isn't only loving the wrong things. Sometimes it's loving the right things in the wrong order. Sin isn't just doing bad stuff. Sometimes sin is doing the right stuff but with the wrong attitude. Sometimes we can come to church and tick that box, but we don't enter in. We don't rejoice. We don't give thanks. We don't raise our hands, which we're commanded to do right through Scripture. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just putting emphasis on that. (laughs) Let's be righteousness focused. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. What does that mean? It means be aware that there is a pattern through the whole of creation. There's a pattern there that is heaven pattern, that is Father patterned. And when we see it, we've got to identify with it and say, thank you, Father, for that goodness. Can you stand with me if you're able? I just want to give you an opportunity also. Maybe you've had a week where you've messed up. Maybe you've had a month or a year or a decade. I don't know. I have those. <laughs> Maybe you need to get right with God. If, or you've never, ever had a conversation with Jesus and said, I want to make you Lord of my life. We're okay, Kylie said a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're okay with Him being a Savior. We want to be saved, but we don't want to hand over Lordship to Him. And it's really scary when you read in Scripture that He says, Some will say to me, Lord, Lord. And he'll say, get away from me, you who did things out of selfish ambition, out of the wrong motives, doing the right things, but out of the wrong motives. Let's clean up our motives. Let's clean up our words. Let's let's get ourselves aligned with the kingdom of heaven because that is what he wants to do in this season. He wants us aligning ourselves. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness which doesn't mean, oh, I've got to make sure that I'm doing right. No, no, no. We're already the righteousness of God in Christ. We just need to outwork it in our day. When we're prompted of things, then we do it. We respond. Jesus said, if you love me, do what I ask. Just just be obedient because obedience comes through as a, a revelation in your life and a revelation changes the way you think and do everything. If you need to get right with with Jesus this morning, get right with God, we're just going to pray a prayer. You don't have to put your hand up or anything like that, but if you want to let us know, that would be fantastic. If if this is your first time, we would love to get a Bible into your hands or at least show you how you can use an app 
on your phone so that you can access the Bible and turn it on while you're asleep and let it just speak the Word of God to you. I love doing that, driving in the car, letting somebody else read the Bible for me. Because <laughs> faith comes from hearing. Love hearing the Word of God. Can you just join me in praying this morning? Father God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness. Please forgive me when I've done wrong. Wash me clean. Make me whole. Father, heal my body. Cleanse my mind. Open my eyes that I might see you. Open my ears that I might hear you. Open my heart that I might be filled with love, your love, and express your love. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I just thank you for each life here. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I speak blessing over them right now. Father, may your Holy Spirit speak to them in dreams and visions. May your Holy Spirit cause prophetic words to come out of their mouth that they will say yes when they're thinking no. <laughs> that they would actually start to speak the Word of God in season and not just the rhetoric of man. Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is going to witness within them exactly what is your kingdom and what is your righteousness. Father, Thank you for this week. This is the day that you've made. We choose to rejoice and be glad in it because you're a good Father and you only have goodness for us. Have your way, Father. I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website riveredgechurch.com.au